Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike, and kind of got a treat for you guys. Uh, I managed to bring into the Smugglers Network, aka Wookie Radio, uh, a, a lady that I met at Star Wars Celebration shortly after the Lucasfilm Writers Panel, which you can hear here on the Wookie Radio feed. Uh, Beth Rivas, the author of Rebel Rising. How are you doing tonight, Beth? Fine, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, um, Ken, I know you said you had a question right off the get-go, so I'm going to let you put it out there first. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to jump into this yet, but um, I, th- the question I had was, um, it's been a while since I read Rebel Rising, but I was checking a couple of videos. A couple people pointed out, are you a fan of Pokemon? <laughs> yes. At the time, I was heavily playing Pokemon Go. Ah, so so you did slip a Pokemon into it? I absolutely that... put a Pokemon in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys don't know this, probably, but there's actually a creature in Rebel Rising called a bulba which is a little rodent with a symbiotic relationship with this vine that grows out of its back and it sounds very much like a bulbasaur <laughs> from pokemon it is absolutely that... is i kept waiting okay. for them to tell me i had to take it out but they never did so i was like okay it's in <laughs> <laughs> so how many people have actually noticed that that you know of so far um actually a, a fair number have noticed it um, okay. I, I always get somebody who they, they think they're real fine they're like hey i think i saw something you put in there and i'm like i actually put in a bunch <laughs> of stuff in there so there's a yeah. lot more than just bulbas. <laughs> so why the Bulbasaur then? I was really, really trying to uh, evolve my Bulbasaur at the time. I was very frustrated. <laughs> I walked so many kilometers for that thing. <laughs> so I, I guess let's start off at the beginning. How did you get involved um, with Lucasfilm Publishing and with the story Rebel Rising? Um, I got involved through my agent, uh, Lucasfilm Publishing contacted her and she called me up out of the blue and I love my agent but she also terrifies me a little bit and so I always feel like I'm being called to the principal's office when she calls um, and she just said oh, I, I know that you really like Star Wars I was like yes obviously I love it she's like have you heard of these I don't know I think they're called anthology stories or something like that and inside I was like freaking out immensely but I kept like kept my cool and I was like yeah yeah I've heard of it and she's like well I think they're going to do one about this character I think her name's Jen or something are you interested and i just like started screaming in the house so <laughs> i was like yes yes i'll do it i told her i would do it for um for free and she was like okay well don't talk to them and tell them that and <laughs> let me do the negotiations first <laughs> so going into 
Rebel Rising, how much mm -hmm. information were you privy to um, at that time? And how far, I guess, how far into production were they on the film when you were starting the project? Well, when I got the call, um, I know I'm going to get my dates mixed up, but it was something like, like a Monday or so. And all I knew was that it was for the anthology story involving um, Jin. And I didn't even know Jin Erso. I just knew Jin. Um, and at the time, I thought it might be like a novelization. Um, and I was on board anyway. By the end of the week, I was flying to San Francisco and I was able to go to Island Studios and um, I was given at the time the latest draft of the script to read. So I got to read the whole script, um, see some of the behind the scenes shots so I could get visuals and an idea of what um, everybody looked like. And especially for me, Jin's fighting style, I paid a lot of attention to that. Um, so I got to see all of that behind the scenes. Um, I, I think it was March or April. It was in the springtime and then the movie came out at Christmas. So I had three seasons where I had to keep my mouth shut and pretend like I knew <laughs> nothing. <laughs> now, d does that spoil it for you at all? Or um, ahead of time? Or? No, I, I, I really liked it. I loved having the hidden knowledge. Um, and it, of course, it comes out differently from the script. There were obviously some script changes, and that's not really a spoiler because if you've seen the trailer, I read the yeah. script before then. So you're like, you know that the trailer had differences. So there were some differences. Um, yeah. So it was kind of cool as a fan to see two different versions of how the story could have gone. Um, and it was also, like, I don't know, I, I would go on Reddit and look at people's theories on what was going to happen and, like, just giggle and be like, aha, you're right, and you're wrong. And I don't know, I really, I got a kick out of it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Rebel Rising for those who haven't had a chance to read it yet. So if you've seen the movie Rogue One, and if you haven't, then shame on you. But if you've seen the movie Rogue One, you know that there's a moment when Jin, as a child, is hiding in the hatch and Saw Gerrera comes and is like, come with me. Um, and then there's a black moment of black. And then you fast forward all the way to where Jin is in prison. And my book takes place entirely in that fast forward. It covers everything from the moment she's picked up to the moment she goes to prison. Okay. Yep. There's a lot that actually goes on for the size of the book. There's you managed to pack a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is a book I've been listening to the mm -hmm. an audio book of because um, I found someone who has done a narration. I'm not sure if it's the official book or not. But I know this is a book that I want to get from my daughter as well, who at the age of eight still might be slightly over her head, but she's such yeah. a Jen Urso fan from, from the uh, get-go. I, lo I love Jen. I think she's such a hero for modern girls. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So going back, um, you've done two different um, stories for um, Star Wars, and I, I want to get into from a certain point of view here in a little bit but um how did you actually get it started writing just in case anybody was wondering <laughs> I, you know a lot of work outside of star wars yes yes i have and I, I have a lot of work that's not published as well um i've wanted to be a writer all my life um i wrote my first novel when i was a sophomore in college and it was soundly rejected by every agent i sent it to and i wrote a novel a year for 10 years and each one of them was rejected so about a thousand rejections under my belt um but in 2010 i got my first book deal um, it was for a YA novel called Across the Universe, and it's basically a murder mystery in space. And that set my whole career off. I That one book became a trilogy with a companion novel. Um, I've been in a dozen or more anthologies, and now it's my full-time career and like the dream country life for me. What is it like 
Um, I know when you see the book in print, but to know that there's been audiobooks, because uh, I did double check, mm-hmm. my book is from Audible. I totally okay. forgot where I got it. Uh, but yeah, it's the uh, narrated by Rebecca Solar. And yeah, she's amazing. It, it's such a great listen. Um, I, I'm so slowly going through it. I think I'm on chapter four, um, but I know this is a book I want to get from my daughter. What's it like knowing you're having your book also turned into an audiobook? Um, is that something you think about when you're when you're writing as well? Is how do I want no, this I, to I, sound if it gets? I, turned- I, I, if I think too much about it, I just I psych myself out. I I have to just pretend like it's just me sitting on my couch typing little words, and I can't think too much about what it's going to be like or what fans are going to think of it. Um, but speaking of audiobooks and the oh, from a certain point of view anthology, Neil Patrick Harris is the uh, audio narrator for my story and um, in from a certain point of view, and that was the moment. Like I I have been really cool and calm and collected whenever my other audiobooks came out, but when Neil Patrick Harris said my name out loud, I kind of freaked out a little bit at that one. Couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't have had a better person read it. Read it. No, right? I, He's I, so good. I've met him a couple times uh, since he is usually one of the guest narrators at a Christmas event that I, in the theme park that I work at here in Orlando. Oh, man. I, he's amazing. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, what made you decide to go the, the directions that you, you did go with Rebel Rising, uh, knowing that you're creating her canon, uh, Jen's canon yeah. for the Star Wars yeah, that, universe? I, I said I, I try not to think too much about it, but I did. it weighed heavily on me that this was all going to be canon. Like, this was... It was like creating mythology almost. Um, But for me, I I kind of approached it the way I would have written a historical novel. And it was as if all these characters were real and existed. And I had to piece together the clues of their lives to write a biography of them. And I mean, it seems weird because they're fictional and it takes place presumably in the future, even though it was a long, long time ago. But regardless, I I kind of treated it like a, a research project almost. And then filling in the gaps with my own imagination of how these characters would be the way they are, particularly with Saw and Jin, because they're two very different characters. And by the time we meet Jin in Rogue One, when she's an adult, her hope and spirit is really broken. And she is driven away from Saw in a very visceral way. So I wanted to, I started there. And then from there, everything else unraveled. So how much, how much um, freedom did you have with your story or did, did, as far as what they would let you do and what they wouldn't let you do? I had almost full reign freedom. Like I knew I had to start the story in a specific spot. And I knew I had to end it in a specific spot and anything else I wanted to do in the middle, as long as it fit the world and the characters, they were totally willing to let me do. Really? Wow. Yeah. Now, did you get, um, were you able to read um, things like Catalyst and some of the other um, materials that went along with Rogue One before you got started on this? Or did they just give you a list of some of the characters that were in those? Because I know um, your book fits seamlessly with not just the movie, but some of the other uh, materials that have come out for Rogue One also. <laughs> Thank you. That was a lot of work. Um, yeah, I was able to get I got Catalyst early and I read that as fast as I possibly could because when I say I got it early, I got it a few weeks before it came out, but also like a few weeks before my deadline was. Um, so I got Catalyst. I got um, Alexander Freed's novelization of the Rogue One movie and I was able to, to piece those together. And fortunately for me, especially with the novelization, only specific parts of it were relevant to my stories when Jin was in the cave with Saw. And so I was able to piece together that but 
I did end up rewriting a lot of scenes to to sort of match Alexander's work and make it make it all fit together. Yeah, because it fits really. Like I said, it fits almost seamlessly right in there with it, which is a nice thing that they've done with since they've reset the canon. Yeah, no, they every single person I have met from the security guard all the way up to story group cares about the story of Star Wars, and they really make an effort to make sure it does all work together and becomes a seamless whole story. I I think people tend to forget just how much Star Wars is out there Mm -hmm. and and how many people are fans. Uh, I've told the story before on on the show um, when we were going, when my family was going up to to Georgia uh, to be with the rest of the family after my dad died. We're going through TSA at 4.30 in the morning and I'm wearing um, a a shirt that I got from Ripped Apparel uh, who's one of our affiliates which my dogs don't tend to agree with at the moment. Uh, It's called Droid Road. It's got uh, C-3PO, R2-D2, BB-8 and K2SO. And as I'm walking through the, the body scanner, uh, the TSA agent goes, that's a great shirt, but there's one missing. I'm like, oh? He goes, yeah, it's missing triple zero. Oh. And w- with the, the mind frame I was in and everything else, I'm like, that came out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, this just goes to prove Star Wars is a major part of it. it it's it's just not a, a movie franchise. It's it's a part of culture. It's a part of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, so I guess how does it feel to, to be part of that culture now? It is like you were saying how you didn't realize it before. I I also didn't realize it. Like I, it always Star Wars always meant something really important to me in my childhood, and I always really cared about it. And I it, it helped define my childhood. And I always felt like I, I'm the one who really loves Star Wars. I'm the true fan. And I realized after I got the deal and and was able to write for Star Wars that everybody almost that I know is a true fan and loves it as much as I do. Like there's, there is not the one single fan. Everyone loves Star Wars. And so I, I felt a great responsibility not to screw it up. And so really, I came in, I was like, I can't, the deadlines were tight. It was a lot of work. But I was like, I cannot mess this up. This has to be worthy. So did you, was there any hesitation when you were offered it then? Or did you just- oh, No, <laughs> no, I wanted it so bad. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I didn't know if I could do it, but I damn sure was going to try. <laughs> so what was that one moment that, that made you realize I am a part of that culture or I'm now a person who people are going to be reaching out and I have become almost within the Star Wars community, Star Wars culture, almost a, an instant celebrity with the book. Well, I'm no Christy Golden yet, but I, I think maybe for me, it, it probably was Star Wars Celebration. Like I had never been to Celebration before um, and going for the first time, both as a fan and as a writer was really, really powerful. And so I got to to sort of hang back and hang out with everyone because I don't the book had was not quite out at that time. Um, it the celebration I believe was in April and the book was out in May, so it was it was near time but not quite. But then I was also able to you know go up on stage and do some of the panels and meet Timothy Zahn and and all of that. It was such a surreal sort of moment of like crossing the boundary. It was crazy. So I guess since we touched on celebration, being being a a VIP, best way to put 
about it and a fan at the show. Um, what was it like going to your first celebration? It was, in some ways, it was really intimidating. Um, I didn't know what to expect. I had been to cons before, but not one that was solely focused on Star Wars. Um, and so in, in some ways, it was intimidating because I remember walking on the floor and then you see the walkers that were just on display there. And it was like, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm walking onto this area. And then I saw the gigantic stage where they ended up previewing the trailer for The Last Jedi and all of that. And then the next day I walked onto that stage and that was, it was, it was a crazy experience, but it, it, it was amazing to be surrounded by people who were so enthralled with the same things that I cared about and particularly watching The Last Jedi trailer because I, I believe that was the premiere of the trailer and yep. there were thousands of people there on the floor and I'm just standing like in the middle of the floor with everyone else and everybody gasped at all the right moments and clapped at the end and it, the entire experience was a shared experience of discovering this trailer. It was amazing. So what was the first panel you did at Celebration? I have a terrible memory. Um, I think it, <laughs> I think it was just the publishing panel. I'm pretty sure at Celebration I just did the one okay. panel. But I also did some uh, some signings and some interviews and press things sort of behind the scenes. But I think the only thing I did there was to – I hope I'm not messing that up. I think it was just a published panel. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what day that was. I know I was <laughs> there. I was – a while. I was there. I was um, – because because um, I know uh, Jordan White from Marvel was in the front row as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oh shoot, I don't. I think it might have been. It might have been on. Th- I know it was either Thursday, Dude, Thursday or Friday. Or Friday. I th- that may have been Thursday because you guys recorded on Friday. No, I think it was Friday because I the Mar- think it was Friday. I think it was Friday because the Marvel panel was on Saturday. Um, okay, but I know. I mean, for for Beth, I mean, she was up there with um, Timothy Zahn for a little bit. Um, the two guys who did the. Uh, Oh, I'm drawing blank on the book. Um, the 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 middle grade novels, um, Acker and Blacker. Yes, uh, the the join the resistance. Yes, that was it. Yes. And, and How those, did you forget them, Mike? They're also uh, Marvel writers. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I I work at a major theme park here in Orlando, and it's the holiday season. <laughs> Um, okay, well, since the show airs on Sorcerer Radio, it's safe to say I work at Epcot, and it's the holiday season, and it's <laughs> nuts. Um, the wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'm up, I'm up towards Cleveland. There's amusement parks actually stay open in the winter. Yes, <laughs> that's that's why we're in Florida. While everyone else is getting snow, we have no snow. Yeah, speaking of which, I'm getting snow tomorrow. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> but you were also up there with. Um, Oh, I'm drawing blank on names. Uh, Delilah Dawson was there. Yes. And that's, um, that's when they announced the Phasma novel. And, Tr- and Trisha Barr was there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Charles Soule was up there representing Marvel, if I remember right. Maybe. I, I'm i going to get everything mixed up in my head because it's been a little bit of a whirlwind of Macons uh, and everything. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was such a, a, a great, great panel. Um, yeah, it was good. With what what did you expect with this uh, when the book was published, and what has surprised you since it has published? Um, I remember I I was, was talking to Claudia Gray once and getting her advice on how to deal with with this new step in my career and things like that. And she Claudia Gray, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, is the author of Lost Stars and Bloodline and and several other other works. Um, and she told me that the best thing about being a Star Wars writer is that when somebody asks you, "Have I ever heard of anything you've written?" you can say, "Why, yes, yes, you have." And for me, I, I did expect to be able to do that because I, whenever anybody says, what do you do for a living? I say, I'm a writer. They're like, oh, I've not heard of anything. And 
like they never have. Nobody's ever heard of anything I've written. Um, so I, I expected to be able to say that and then have people actually like straighten their shoulders and realize that I'm not just some like thing on the wind, that I actually do have a career in this. Um, so I expected that. I didn't expect um, the way the fans embraced everything. I had been warned by others that there were trolls and that the, the, the fans would be vicious. And I, I have never experienced that in any way, shape or form. Every fan I've ever spoken to has been kind. And even if they didn't like the book, they were kind and courteous. And you could tell that their criticism came from a place of love and respect for Star Wars. And so I've only, fingers crossed, I have only ever had a positive experience in every way with Star Wars from the creation to the fan reception. It's all been positive and that's been pretty amazing and rare. That is real to hear. Yeah, no. I I knew from the start, y'all, the Star Wars fans are the best fans. What's been one of the most moving um, compliments or comments that you've gotten uh, since Rebel Rising has come out? Um, I think it probably would be the person who told me that they were reading a lot of Star Wars novels in the hospital and they were using them as an escape of their own situation. And that was really, really touching moment. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that must have been pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, just knowing that you could help somebody escape a terrible situation, even for a short amount of time, that's it, that can't even put it into words yeah so let's jump ahead a little bit to um mm-hmm. your next work in star wars and mm-hmm. the project called from a certain point of view now how did you get involved in this was it basically the same way where you just your um agent just called you up out of the blue or <laughs> no well the the rebel rising came from the young adult branch of the lucasfilm publishing and then from a certain point of view is from the adult branch of of that and fortunately for me the adult editor who was working on from a certain point of view happened to be in the audience at the star wars celebration panel and she reached out to me that same week and she was like oh we totally should invite you to that and I was like yes you totally should I'm on board so I was very glad that I was able to speak there and have her have her meet me for the first time and have that happen as I stumble through my words but yeah it was a little bit fortuitous <laughs> and how did now did you choose the story you wrote or did, did they give you an idea and you went off of theirs um, they had a list of possibilities like the, the setup was a very very clear setup like background characters and like, oh, here are some, but if you want to get something different, um, the only real limitation I had was um, my, my first three choices of what I wanted to do, another author had already claimed. So I was like, uh-huh. oh, I want to do this. Ah, oh, someone else is doing that. I want to just, ah. So, I mean, I did have to go back and, and like, it wasn't my first choice, but I liked the way my story came out in the end. <laughs> so were you, um, did you know much about General Tag other than what he was in in A New Hope before this? Um, I knew some. I had read some of the comics, and so that helped influence the way I presented him because in the comics they, they go a little bit deeper into the type of a person he is how he's very analytical and he's kind of the numbers guy and how he processes battles um, and then I just really extrapolated from that so knowing the comics and knowing the movies was, was the foundation of that story for me now what restrictions were you given with that story um, even though with Rebel Rising you were given more carte blanche um, mm-hmm. how, how bad did they restrict you here since there was some tie tie in with with the original trilogy there was there was really no restriction as long as it fit in the world it worked um i did have to shift a little bit because the story directly following mine also takes place in that same conference room so i had to make sure i matched up with that um so i was able to read that story a little bit earlier but as long as it fit in a continuity way anything went so uh in addition to the pokemon easter egg (laughs) you said you had a few other 
Uh, mm-hmm. Anything you can uh, mention offhand? Um, well, I, I will say that one of my favorite scenes in Rebel Rising is when Saw and Jin go to a planet called Inusagi. Um, I really, I, that was one of the scenes that made it from the first draft all the way to the end. I've always loved that scene. Um, and Inusagi is named after my two favorite animes growing up, Inuyasha and Usagi from Sailor Moon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a total nerd and I love adding in Easter eggs. There, there are at least a dozen in there. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to go I, back through and check it again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a cool thing to do. You're like, oh, I can, you know, do a handle in Star Wars, one of the biggest ones. Let's add some little, little fun in there, too. <laughs> And of course, I had to include some names of people that I like. So my husband is an imperial officer. Uh, <laughs> so I had to just slide some of those in. <laughs> what was, so with, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, without telling us anything about where they are or what they are, is there any of the Easter eggs you've put in Rebel Rising that, um, how many have um, no one found yet that you know of or that no one's brought up to you? Do you are there any? Yeah, there, there is, there are two, one of which one person has mentioned but kind of a oh I bet this isn't it and in my head I was like yeah that totally is it <laughs> um, and then there's one that nobody's caught <laughs> it's very obscure <laughs> <laughs> So, what other um, what other fandoms would you be um, interested in other than just Star Wars? I mean, Star Wars is what everybody wants to do all anyway. But yeah, what other ones so would Star you be Wars would always be in? the number one. Um, and I also really, really love um, Doctor Who, and I'm a big fan of Firefly and Serenity in that world. So, any of those three, Joss Whedon, here I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love those. Uh, there, there's several, um, but yeah, those those would be my top ones: Doctor Who, Firefly, Star Wars. So then. Uh... Are you excited for the new Doctor? I am very excited for the new Doctor. I think she's going to be fantastic. And I think it's going to give a, a, a reboot to the storyline that is much needed. Yeah, and a new showrunner, too. Yes, I have many opinions on that. And I'm very excited for there to be a new showrunner. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'm disappointed about is that it's going to still be a little while before it starts up. I know, yeah. I, the wait is killing me. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other podcast. It's a different podcast. <laughs> um, at Celebration, who was one of the biggest um, biggest names that you got to meet? Um, that- for me, like, such a nerd. It, it was Timothy Zahn. Yeah. yeah. I had I mean, that feeling. It, it, was, it was kind of crazy. We were backstage um, before we got out on the panel, and they needed me to sign a copy of the book because the book hadn't come out yet, but they were going to give away a copy to an audience member. I remember and, that. And, <laughs> being the professional author that I am, I did not have a pen. And so they're like, here, sign this book. I'm like, with what? I have nothing. Um, and this man comes up to me. He's like, oh, here, use my pen. And I take it without looking. And I and I open up the book, but I don't have a table there. And he's like, here, you can just sign on my back. And he bends over and lets me put my book on his back. And at that point, I realized that I'm signing a book on Timothy Zahn's back. And I kind of freak out a little bit. <laughs> it yeah. was crazy. We, we met... Uh, my co-host uh, Eric from the Marvel show that mm-hmm. I do uh, he and I were at the panel and then we got an invite by Lucasfilm to the Rebels panel and he ended up sitting like four rows behind us three four rows behind us wow. so we got up turned around and was like Mr. Zahn cool <laughs> he's the most friendliest down to earth guy I've yes. ever met yes awesome yeah um what else about Rebel Rising um, would you want to tell us, or what? What about the story? Uh, for those who might have read, would you have hoped we got out of it, or something we yeah. might have missed about it? 
To me, the underlying message of every Star Wars work, uh, but also exception of like the Vader comics, is that of hope. And that underneath everything you do, there is hope for a better world. And there is hope that the right fighters will come along at the right time and save the day. And I think um, a lot of times when we look at the beginning of Rogue One in particular, it feels like this is a world without hope, that Jin has lost all hope. And the point of Rebel Rising is in part to show that this is the character who has lost all her hope. But I hope that people hope I hope that people who read the novel also see that even when the world beats you or the galaxy beats you down that you still have that hope under underneath it all and that for Jen it, it was never something that went entirely away she tried to push it down but it never went entirely away and that even this character who has arguably one of the worst fates of everyone in the galaxy she always did have at least a seed of hope okay I can, I can okay. see that because okay. I well to to find out that the movie that Rogue One takes place literally hours before what we see in the opening of A New Hope or, or mm-hmm. Star Wars, depending on your age and generation. Um, I know being there and seeing the new movies through the eyes of my daughter as well, who's experiencing mm-hmm. the culture as a, as a child like like I had and like Ken and Derek had, uh, and even yourself. Um, just seeing that the the inspiration of you know, there there is the hope and, and there is mm-hmm. more out there um, as long as you keep fighting to get it. Right. Um, so it's um, what would you say to to the younger readers who are mm-hmm. reading who are going to be reading this book um hmm. i think i would say that to first not lose sight of that hope but also that there are consequences to our choices but the important thing is that we have the choices to make and so throughout the, the course of rebel rising i think jen starts making choices that are not necessarily the best choice that she could make but to understand that at least she was always moving forward and making those choices even if they're wrong the important thing is that you keep moving forward okay good advice yeah i hope (laughs) i'm trying not to spoil too much (laughs) (laughs) well i I guess the next question is that the book's been out over six months what's Mm -hmm. i know for tv it's 24 48 hours what's the spoiler limit for for a book i don't know but i'm not gonna try to cross that line (laughs) 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 i I said star wars fans are the best but they might get mad at me if i spoil them Well, then instead of spoiling, let's move on to um, what are you looking forward to? The uh, the Last Jedi opens next this week coming out. What are yeah. you looking forward to? I am looking forward to um, every scene that has Carrie Fisher in it, and then I will cry my eyes out. But I'm still. I think you're not going to be the only it. one. No, yeah, you won't be the only one. No, it's it's going to be said. I'm going to have to see it multiple times because I'm sure the first time I see it, it's going to be through this haze of tears. Um, but yeah, I'm most looking forward to that. Like all the rest of the storyline. Yeah. Okay. But I want to see Carrie Fisher. I want to see Princess General Leia. That's right. She's oh, she's still yeah. a princess to us. <laughs> yes. Now, talking about Last Jedi, and we know mm-hmm. they have become such a an overwhelming part of the movie, or at least the trailers. Your thoughts on the Porg? The Porg is amazing and wonderful, and I want one as a pet. But I also <laughs> want a crystal fox, and I want the crystal fox even more. And I'm sure we'll be best friends, and I'm sure it wouldn't kill me with its sharp, pointy spikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's gonna be friendly. It's gonna be a puppy. 
It keeps getting brought up in, in this household. Uh, when my mm-hmm. daughter, who my daughter is a huge Porg fan, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Porg is, to her generation, the Ewoks to our generation. It's, it's worth noting that Return of the Jedi is my favorite because of the Ewoks. So I'm already inclined <laughs> to like the Porgs. I don't think that was worth noting, but... <laughs> There's it nothing wrong with the Return of the Jedi. You, 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 it's Jedi. my favorite too. You, you yes, must have you best. must have been born after seventy four. <laughs> yes, I'm an eighty one baby. <laughs> it, and if you understood that reference, then you are a true Neil Patrick Harris fan. <laughs> I did not quite understand that reference, but I'm going to laugh and pretend that I did. <laughs> Look up on YouTube, Neil Patrick Harris, uh-huh. How I Met Your Mother, Ewok Theory. Okay, I will look that up. He he does this whole theory of how old you are, depending on whether you like or dislike the Ewoks. I can see that. It's also, yeah. okay, in, in conjunction with this, it's also worth noting that I never saw the holiday special until this year. I'm sorry. <laughs> think that would have influenced my my appeal of the the appeal of the Ewoks if I had seen that holiday special when I was a child. It, it makes you almost wonder, did the Ewoks come from the failed interpretation of Lumpy? I don't know. <laughs> that was that was a truly special film to watch. <laughs> well, so so that gives us an interesting perspective since you just finally saw it for the first mm-hmm. time. Did it live up to the hype? Um, I will say that B author was a total surprise. <laughs> I, I went into it knowing only that um, there was a weird sort of ritual and that it was about Chewie's family and the baby was creepy. That was about all the information that I had. And so when B. Arthur comes out singing, I'm like, what in the heck? Um, that part was definitely a surprise. <laughs> you, must, you must have at least known uh, its uh, reputation as being oh, yeah. the worst. <laughs> and it did, it did quite live up to that reputation. <laughs> so which one was better? Better, B. Arthur singing or Carrie Fisher? <laughs> Carrie Fisher trumps everything always. This is true. Yeah. All right. So, so now my next question for you, mm-hmm. being that you are a fan of the Ewoks and stuff, and you and you say you've only just now seen these holiday special. What about mm-hmm. the, the Ewok movies? Have you seen those? The old- I, I don't think I have. My mother insists that when I was a child, I saw them, but I don't remember those at all. So if I did see them, my childhood memory blocked them out. Those are actually a lot easier to find than the holiday special because those yeah. Lucasfilm actually put out what about ten years ago on DVD. Uh, oh. I think it was a two that. pack. Or actually, it was a single DVD with uh, two sided. One was on yeah. one side, one was on the other. I would say I actually the have them downstairs. I I have them in the other room. It, it was around the same time they did the Droids Ewoks cartoon as well. Yeah, I would say check them out, especially since you love Ewoks so much. But <laughs> just remember, they're... they have no bearing on Star Wars canon at all. There was a, they were like totally standalone films. Yeah, okay. and they're and they're not. They're very. Uh, Kid friendly, I guess you can say. Okay, but yeah, definitely check them out. I think I think you might enjoy. Yeah, them. The Ewoks are even more cuddly and a little less um, trying to eat the humans. <laughs> oh, that's kind of my favorite part, though. <laughs> I do like the murder bears. <laughs> yeah, see, see, that's it. Everybody always says, "Oh, they were so cute and cuddly," but you got to remember, they were trying to eat Han and Luke. Yeah, and no, she- I, that's one reason why I'm so on board with them. And those porg have teeth. I have seen those teeth. Mm, yeah, I, I don't worry. Porg, it's see- what's for dinner. <laughs> This is why we keep bringing up, you know, as my daughter goes, oh, they're so cute. And my wife would then turn around. How do you know they're not evil? Because they're so cute. Mm, I want them to be a little evil. <clears throat> There's got to be something there if Chewie knocks one into the windshield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the other white meat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just remember, I'm they're, they're going to be the, they're going to be on the menu on Octu. <laughs> Maybe something to eat on Octu. <laughs> Coming to Disney Star Wars: The Galaxy's Edge, the pork on a stick, <laughs> pork kebabs. <laughs> ah, another question: Are you excited for the uh, the Disney Park attraction they're going to be opening? Oh yeah, I'm also really excited for the hotel they're going to be opening. Yes. yes, that looks really good. It's yeah. going to be really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'd, Lucasfilm, please buy another book so I can afford your hotel. <laughs> 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 but the, maybe, maybe I'll get to walk through it. <laughs> yeah, just step into well, the lobby. Speaking of, speaking of which, you, I know you can't say any details at all, but will we see you in the future of Star Wars at some point? Um, you definitely will because I will have a comic coming out with IDW on the um, Forces of Destiny, so that's going to be coming out um, fairly early next year. Okay, I think it comes out right after the first of the year. I think it does too. I, I wasn't going to say for sure because I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it comes out in January. Well, I, I know we've talked about it here um, on this particular show uh, that it is IDW and IDW is handling the, for the moment, the all ages Star Wars title since Marvel is more adult geared, mm-hmm. uh, which that could change with the new editor in chief. Um, maybe we'll see those books switch back over to, to Marvel. Um, now, how did you get involved with the Forces of Destiny uh, miniseries? Um, well, when they were originally coming up with the Star Wars Adventures, I sent a pitch in to IDW um, for a story that ended up not getting picked up, but be- in part because I had expressed like this great desire to write for comic books, I was able to slide in on the Forces of Destiny and uh, pick up a story there that I'm, I'm not sure if my story has been announced yet, so I won't give too many details, but it's, it's going to be really awesome. I really enjoyed working with this. There, there were some great characters. So what's um, what was the difference, or was there any, um, any difficulty switching between writing for like a novel or a story like that to writing a comic book? Um, the, the format was definitely different. I had to teach myself this new format um, because it's, it's more like a script than it is anything else. It's not a narrative form. Um, so I did have to learn the, the format of it. Be, beyond that, the story process was was pretty much the same like i had a an idea of what the story should be and how to tell that story and um that that was pretty much the same right and even then it's a it's a kind of a different script than yeah kind of like the movies or mm-hmm. right i mean yeah. it's, it's it's almost treated the same because you're you're still giving because you're you also write in um like stage direction as well for the artist yes correct? yeah and and i had to write in um I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, but I got to not invent a species, but invent it what the way a species looks like because it has not been visualized before. So I had to give some details of what it looked like and then work with the artist to make sure that that vision came to life. And that was a really cool thing to do. Now, we've talked to or we've all talked to uh, other comic book creators on our other shows. Um, Process to go from the time you, you were given your story to your your essentially your deadline for publishing knowing it's going to come out either January um, mm-hmm. it, it wanted the five months starting at with January uh, what was what was your timeline uh, for the book um, it was fairly short but I didn't find it onerous the story itself is only a 20 page story um, and so this was I mean I, I certainly spent time on it but I, I finished it within a week um, and just dropped everything else and did it then because I, I work better when I do everything in a burst so um, it, it was a short timeline but it wasn't something 
something that I really paid attention to because it, it worked well for my own schedule. Okay. Yeah. So are you are you uh, the type of writer who does like uh, full panel by panel description, or do you do like a basic story and let the artist kind of figure out how to draw? It? Um, so what I did was first I wrote like about a two page or so synopsis, just in narrative form, and then I um, because this was the first time I'd ever done this, I didn't know what I was doing really. I took out a piece of uh, a notebook and I sort of made my own very terrible, very very terrible rough yeah. sketch of everything and then kind of use that as a jumping off point and I don't think I gave very specific directions but I gave a lot of suggestions like I envision this as this way but you can do whatever you want but um yeah I, I had to sketch it out myself first <laughs> no one will ever see those <laughs> <laughs> never say never no they won't it's terrible I'm not an artist <laughs> now, who, who do you partner with uh for for your story, uh, artist-wise? Um, the artist that I'm working with is Valentina, and she's been amazing. Everything's gone through IDW, obviously, and I, I kind of take a step back from the art. I gave my suggestions, and I let them figure it out because I trust people to do the job that they're going to do. But I've seen some early inks from her, and they are really stunningly beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, in the in the future of what you have, um, what you've not just what you've done, but what would you like to actually get into in Star Wars? Is there a certain area or a certain character specifically you would like to work, write for in the future? Um, yeah, I <laughs> at Star Wars Celebration they asked that same question, and I said that I would really love to write a teenage Princess Leia novel. And five minutes later, they announced that Claudia Gray had wrote <laughs> Leia, Princess of Alderaan. <laughs> um, so, I which do, is another great book. It really is and I can't even be mad about it because Claudia is like queen of Princess Leia writing and so I had to bow to the queen on that one. Um, but I think I, if I could, I would love to go way, way back into the Knights of the Old Republic time and write something there and really go into the, the deep lore of the past and the history. Um, I think that would be a fun thing to explore. Especially now that, that it's a totally blank slate. since yeah. They've not touched that at all since they've um, put all, all the old EU into Legends. Oh, I have noticed. You could, yeah, you could totally choose any characters you want to bring back. Back or do it totally something brand new no one's ever done yeah. yeah that's yeah i think that i would really love to do that can we convince you to do a, a novelization on jackson the rabbit <laughs> maybe <laughs> well, if you're gonna do that you gotta at least put who jibs in it okay <laughs> <laughs> What what other projects do you possibly have coming up um, that you can safely talk about uh, <laughs> in in the Star Wars universe? Um, there is nothing that I can safely talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about outside of the Star Wars universe? Okay, outside of the Star Wars universe, um, I do have a fantasy novel coming out in the fall of 2018. Um, it's about a necromancer, a girl who can raise people from the dead. And um, I kind of look at it as a, a villain origin story. This is how, if she's Darth Vader, this is, you know, the prequel trilogy for this book. And then the next one is going to be an Empire Strikes Back version. Good. Then then do a better prequel trilogy, please. Oh, don't hey. worry. <laughs> There's some good stuff there. But there, there will be no um, death by twins. Yeah. 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 There's some good stuff from the in the prequels. It's just. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and no Jar Jar, please. No, no. But lots of Padme. If you if you read or watch the Clone Wars, Jar Jar actually kind of redeems himself. I have uh, to say, I 
really like what Chuck Wendig did. I won't I won't spoil yeah. that, but in his aftermath trilogy, the way he the way Jar Jar is mentioned again, I thought was beautiful but also deserving. Well, that yeah. that whole trilogy, it had it's, it felt like kind of a rough start, but it really paid off once you get to the end of it. Finally, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really liked that. I, everything that they did on Naboo. I thought was really good. Yeah, I I'm just starting the second book mm-hmm. of, of Aftermath, so uh, I, I do think the third one is the best. It's my favorite of the trilogy. I'm now gonna have to get there. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you don't know who Temin is yet. No, <laughs> don't spoil. That's it. all I'm gonna say. No, nope, I'm not saying anything else because it's too uh, too much of a spoiler. So. so- Outside of Princess Leia, who would who would be that one next character? And I apologize if this is a repeat question. Oh no worries. Um I do I do really like Padme a lot and I would like to look at her before the, the trilogy the prequel trilogy started. Like her as I mean, I know she starts when she's fourteen. She's very young, but yeah. a little bit before that. I, I, I found that interesting. Um and beyond that, like I love the way that from a certain point of view approached it, these background characters, the the grand people who aren't heroes of the Star Wars story but they're heroes of their own stories i really like that concept yeah i do too now um would you be looking into um writing any like screenplays or story concepts for because we have there's a lot of um there's a lot coming on the horizon of star wars with new Mm -hmm. uh, the new trilogy mentioned for movies and other standalone uh anthology pictures and the all the live action and animated stuff coming have you looked into any of that stuff or anything that star wars will let me do i will do (laughs) there is not a limit i would do anything they want me to do what's been the one the one thing that you've pitched that you, you thought would really be a, a solid thing that they've come back and said uh not quite yet maybe maybe I, down the road um i did i can't say anything about like storylines because maybe one day mm. down the road it would be something that that could get picked up um but i will say that i did try really 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 hard to put dr afra into rebel rising and i couldn't because of continuity but i really wanted i just i love that character <laughs> yeah. a character is amazing yes yeah that would have been fun i know that's so great I have jen meet triple zero but i'll just have to write that in fanfic <laughs> <laughs> so what are you yourself uh who are you enjoying reading um in the star wars publishing universe be it through lucas you know through the books or through the comics yeah. um i i do really love the darth vader and dr afra comics i think those are among my favorite comics right now um they they're just brilliant um i also I, i'm a big fan of christy golden and claudia gray um i really love i think bloodline is my favorite of all the new new canon novels um but i've got um canto bite just came in the mail so i'm excited about that one and i love them all um in terms of the way i read them i'm doing like you do i like the audiobooks because the audiobooks add the sound effects and i really think that's a, a fun thing to do now with the the vader series are you liking mm-hmm. uh the karen gillian stuff the charles soul mm-hmm. stuff um I, both? I really like karen gillian i i like both but karen gillian i think has has made the storylines that really resonated the most with me okay yeah uh, karen karen's stuff has been amazing uh and i love how it's translated over to to the afro series and mm-hmm. i'm really starting to dig what he's doing with um with the new star wars uh, taking over for jason aaron yeah. for star wars 
Wars. Yeah, yeah I just saw that. There's, there's actually a Rebel Rising reference in the latest Star Wars comic, and I was pretty excited about that. Of course, it's the issue I don't have yet. <laughs> uh, it's very subtle, but, but it's there, and I, I totally flipped through it. Some, one of the people had warned me that it was coming, so I made sure to get my copy, and I flipped through. I'm like, oh, there it is. I see it. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's really cool, though. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> now, have there been other instances where people have given you the heads up of, oh, there's Rebel Rising references coming? Um, not yet. I'm going to say not yet because I'm hopeful that maybe something else will come. Um, but I think as they explore more of the, the background, especially with Saul, hopefully some of that will, will come into play. Okay. Yeah, cause actually, if you look through Rebel Rising, you really, you've probably written as much, if not more, of Saul's story as anybody else out there, really, if you think about it. I, I think so. I mean, obviously, the Clone Wars cartoons had a lot of his, his background of before he became, you know, the, the terrorist who became. Um, and then the new cartoon, Rebels, is picking up some of that story. But I, I, really, I love that character. I, I feel great pride and ownership in him. And I hope I hope to see more of him. Yeah, that's the one character that's kind of surprising in the book, because you look, you look at the book, the whole book is sold on its generous story. But it's as much Saw's story and his slip slipping farther and farther into madness, really, as it is oh, yeah. her moving along. I'm so glad you saw that. Some people don't don't quite get that that paranoia is is a descent into madness. But yeah, absolutely. Um what was the one thing in Rebel Rising that, that you wanted to, to keep in that they just said, no, uh, I know you mentioned Dr. Afra. Uh, was there something else? That, I mean, that that's, might that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they're very open about it. And anytime they said, oh, maybe you don't want to do this or that, it, it would be because it would create a continuity error or it wouldn't fit in with the character or the world or the technology or something like that. There was never just like a, you know, iron fist. No, it was always a logical reasoning because it wouldn't fit in with other things that already existed. <laughs> So when when you uh when you watched Rogue Squadron uh I'm sorry Rogue One <laughs> <laughs> I had a little uh, little brain mix up there. Uh, now what was I going to say? Oh yeah. <laughs> when you watched the movie, did you ever did you ever have a moment where you said, where you were thinking, I might have wrote that a little differently? Or <laughs> yeah, actually, there there is one line where um, they Felicity Jones changed what was in the script, or somebody, not maybe not her, but the line that I had read in the script was not the line that ended up making it into the movie. And fortunately, I had literally like one week to change things. And so I was able to go back into the story and change it to match the movie. Um, But as I was watching the movie for the first time, and I did get to see it like a day early. Um, When I say I saw it early, it was literally by a day. But I was sitting there with my husband and we watched it and and I was waiting for this line because it caused me a lot of trouble writing the book. And I was waiting for her to say it and she doesn't say the line the way I had read it in the script. And I was like hitting my husband like, she she didn't say the line. I have to change the book now. She didn't say the line. I ran back from the theater back to my hotel and I'm like shooting off this email to the editor like they didn't say the line we have to change this and I had to change that whole whole scene really to make it fit (laughs) (laughs) at least I was able to change it so I I, it was a short timeline but I was able to get that (laughs) fixed you must be panicking a little (laughs) I know it it was one of those things that I bet 99% of everybody else would never have even noticed it but (laughs) I worked on it and I noticed it and I was like I have to change it (laughs) 
What else from after watching Rogue One did you end up having to go back and, and make some minor corrections to? It was mostly that. Um, there were a few scenes of dialogue because I had not... Blisky Jones has a, has a specific way of talking in a very proper accent, if that makes sense. Um, so there were a few lines of dialogue that I felt like I needed to change to fit in more with her character as embodied by this actress. Um, but it was all very, very minor, minor things. Okay. Um, just, there's so much to, to delve into. It's like, what, what's to talk about? Um, hey, what can you talk about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the question. Um, I guess one safe way to ask, are you writing or will be writing any more Star Wars novels? I think that Lucasfilms knows that I would write anything they would ever want me to write. So if they ever want me to write a novel, I would be there for them in a heartbeat. Okay. We might see that happen to each other. Now, a lot of your, or, um, I think mo- all your novels so far are all YA, correct? Um, yes, all YA. So ha- have you um, put any thought into or possibility of writing something more? I mean, YA at this point is very almost uh, the same as an, a regular adult novel anyway, but oh, yeah. have you worked on any adult novels? Or are you planning on doing anything in the realm of adult novel? Yeah, and, and actually you're right. Like there, There's really not incredibly that much of a difference between it. Um, I, I would have no issue writing writing an adult novel. A lot of adult themes find their way in YA novels anyway. Um, and the YA I tend, tend to write is also very adult. So yeah, this was that would absolutely be something I would do in the future. Okay. The reason I bring up the um, fact that it's all very similar is um, one of my wife's favorite um, series is, is the uh, Mortal Instruments series. And it's like, oh, yeah, you read through those books and they, they might as well just be for, for everybody. Yeah. Well, that's because YA is for everybody. Exactly. And I think it's probably one of the fastest growing genre of books out there probably especially in is, the sci-fi yeah. and fantasy genre area mm-hmm. yeah i i agree really in, in a lot of ways the only difference between why an adult when it comes to science fiction and fantasy novels is the idea that in a ya novel is a character discovering for the first time who they want to be and in an adult novel a lot of times it's a redefinition of character and that's yeah. really one of the biggest differences and i've noticed what i actually prefer sometimes in the ya is um most of the time if anything that would be officially an adult theme when it comes to relationships and things you mm-hmm. steer a little bit a little bit farther away from it in YA than you do because a lot of times in the adult the quote-unquote adult novels they try to go a little too adult yeah sometimes although some YA does that too that that's always a border borderline pushing yeah yeah now do you prefer writing the novels and or now that you you've gotten into doing comic writing do you prefer mm-hmm. the comics I prefer story and so any way I get the story out I'm happy with it so if it's if it's scripted comic writing it's novels i love them both um (laughs) any other questions guys i mean i know we've covered a lot of material tonight yeah well is there anything um actually from from you beth is there anything that um we haven't covered that you'd like to let anybody know about um you said you got a couple (laughs) um projects coming up anything that you can actually say what it is and when it's coming out or where to find it um the uh, the only thing i can talk about is the idw comic that is going to come out early of 2018 and then i have a novel coming out from penguin in the fall about necromancy and anything Ah. else i cannot mention yet but i will have some more things coming out but contracts <laughs> yes. When it, when the news does break about it, uh, you, I am all over all social media um, on every platform. I am at Beth Revis, so I'm very easy to find. And whenever I have news that I can share, it will, <laughs> you will hear about it. I will be screaming it from the rooftops. 
Awesome. Well, we thank you for coming on and, and joining us. Thank this you for week. having me. And uh, check out Rebel Rising. Uh, check out um, Ken. Help me out with this book. I'm drawing a blank. From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. Um, check out the audio book of that to hear Neil Patrick Harris read Beth's contribution to the book. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm at Twitter and Instagram at Beth Revis. And on Facebook, I'm at author Beth Revis and BethRevis.com. I, I took a corner on that Beth Revis name. <laughs> That's pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> So w- one final thought, what's the one thing you're looking forward to the most from The Last Jedi? Um, beyond every scene with Carrie Fisher and or Porgs um, and or Crystal Foxes, I think I'm most excited to see how dark Kylo Ren is going to go. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the other direct, the other way. No, I want to finally step towards the light. <laughs> no, I, I want full dark. I, I don't want a redemption arc for him. He can't come back from that. I want full dark. That's <laughs> <laughs> such an evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that was my arc laugh. <laughs> Now, have you have you been happy with how Lucasfilm has has misdirected us so much with um with the trailers? Yeah, yeah, I, I, very much so. Yeah, we gotta yeah. keep you guessing. <laughs> I like how they haven't you know like, unlike a lot of other trailers, they don't give away the whole the whole story and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've I've just almost been afraid that there's been too many trailers coming out so close. But if you look, there's nothing really new. It's just recuts of what we've already seen. Yeah, yeah. And nothing. nothing really given away yeah but there there's these but they do tend to add one or two new scenes in like with with the newest trailer that just came out why is ray holding kylo's saber i have every faith that they're gonna make it so you'll still be surprised but every faith in them but all that does is make you say why why does that happen so Mm now now you want that happen it still still makes you go okay um This one, I'm I'm almost afraid that maybe I might have seen too much. Yeah, I don't feel that way at all. Nah, I think you're going to be surprised. I, I'm yeah. hoping. I'm hoping. Either way, it's going to be fun to to go see it. Uh, it's become the at this moment the holiday tradition that we go as soon as my daughter's out of school for for winter break. So uh, we're hitting it then. Avoids the crowds, which is which is a key thing there. <laughs> Which is going to be great for next week. I'm going to go see it um, like on Thursday night, and we record Friday night. And we, how how am I going to not talk about it on the show? Because we'll <laughs> we'll be hopefully talking about it the following week, which will be our last show of the year. That's all right. My wife's going to see it Thursday, and I'm not seeing it till Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, again, we thank you for coming on. Um, follow Beth on everywhere on social media. Uh, <laughs> as she says, she's got, the, she's got everything cornered with the name Beth Revis. So uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, check thank out, you for having me. Check out Rebel Rising, uh, whether it's audiobook or the hard copy. Uh, if you happen to see Beth at a show, check out another series that she has written that I have started to delve into, and that's Across the Universe. I, I'm really yeah. starting to dig that as well and i and i can't wait to introduce my daughter to that and uh, thank you i that's a series i would love to see pop up somewhere media wise be it i agree big screen or disney channel i hate to say disney channel but i, I would love to see disney tackle it either for like a netflix type series actually netflix would be a fun place to put it as well i agree or with all freeform <laughs> 
It might fit well no, in Freeform because that seems no. like that's where they're putting this type of thing anyway. No, no, I I don't see it on Freeform. I don't. Don't get my carded on Freeform. I don't. I don't want to see it on Freeform. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Freeform would know. I don't think ABC by putting it on Freeform would do across the universe justice. I don't know. They're not doing thought. too bad with um, Shadowhunters. Yeah, but wait till you wait till you get it, start getting into across the universe. You, you'll then yeah. come back and go. You're right. Freeform is not the avenue for. I'm fine with anything Hollywood. You just pay me money and paint my scope. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, I can't argue with that. <laughs> Well, just in honor of, of Beth and her love for Princess Leia, I think we're going to end the show in this manner. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, my God.